When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Education in the News, and I'm Pamela Clark, your host. Well, as usual, we have a lot of news stories to cover, so we're going to jump right on into it. Um, the first bit of news I, I have for you comes out of Ohio, where uh, we are based. And um, this is from the Ed Connection, and it says that Lakeview's Melissa Kemetz, named 2023 Ohio Teacher of the Year. She um, works for Lakeview Elementary School and Lakeview Local Schools. And also, uh, Miami University creates Center of Excellence to prioritize staff and student well-being in Ohio schools. The Miami University has been awarded $5 million through a partnership between the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction, also known as Ohio MHAS and Ohio Department of Education. The grant will lead to developing new school-based center of excellence, known as SBCOE, for prevention and early intervention to address educator and student well-being and mental health needs. Also, 2022 special education ratings are now available to districts. The department released the 2022 special education ratings for all districts and community schools on October the 3rd. Access online ratings through the department's OHID portal. And resources available to raise awareness about the dangers of counterfeit pills. Recovery Ohio has partnered with several state agencies to create a new public awareness campaign focused on warning middle school and high schools and college students and their families about the dangers of counterfeit pills. And you can download the materials about this by going to education.ohio.gov, use their search bar, and just type in uh, counterfeit pills, we'll probably bring it up. And that was published 10-3 of 22.
Also, um, they're announcing October as Ohio School Safety Month. No school safety, no your role, it's everyone's responsibility. So, um, the Ohio Department of Education, Public Safety, Mental Health, and Addiction Services have partnered to share information and resources throughout the month. Bear with me a moment as I bring up the next story. Okay, the next story I have for you is from ASCD K-12 Leadership on Smart Brief. And this story was covered by Edutopia. And it says, set boundaries to keep staff feeling supported. School administrators can help their staffers by setting boundaries and communicating those to them, as well as to parents. Writes elementary school principal Joe Mulliken. Uh, don't send emails outside of the school day and don't send emails during instruction time and let parents know that teachers aren't available 24-7, Molly can write. District administration reports the schools use solar power for lessons and lower costs. About 10% of schools use solar energy with many of them paid for and administered by a third party, so no upfront funds are needed. Solar arrays are often used to provide shade over playgrounds and parking areas, as well as for environmental lessons, and staff can charge electric cars while parked. The 74 reports that amid low attendance numbers, some schools dangle prizes. Schools across the U.S. are offering incentives to convince students to show up for class this year. After record absences over the past two years because of the pandemic, the chance to win gift cards, bikes, and even cars are meant to lure students back to class after many missed more than 18 days during the single school year. In KTVT TV in Dallas-Fort Worth reports the Texas Board approves social studies alignment with law. The State Board of Education in Texas voted 8-5 to five on September 26 to confirm that proposed changes to the standards for school or for social studies aligns with recent updates to state law. Opponents said that changes failed to consider how social studies is taught these days. Bear with me again. <laughs> I'm switching between a lot of news stories. Sometimes it makes me uh, give, or I need a moment to switch and to also make sure that I'm not uh, repeating any uh, news stories as well. I do have one bit of news as I'm bringing up the new, the news, next news story, I should say. Um, and that uh, includes an update for our, our other um, show on civil rights with Barbara Bolin. 
She normally airs her shows on Sundays by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, she has decided to leave New Heights Show on Education. We wish her all the best. Um, I'm hoping to maybe fill in a little bit on her civil rights show and um, until we can find someone else to take her spot. If you're interested in volunteering, this is volunteer positions, um, and help us with um, sharing civil rights, uh, stories from the past, examples of the past, and um, and so forth, you can contact us directly at New Heights Education at yahoo.com or radio. Um, or visit our radio pay radio at newheightseducation.org um, to learn more about our radio shows in general. So we would like to continue the shows, though. Okay, um, next news story I have for you is from Smart Brief on special education, and this is from Essex News Daily in Union, New Jersey. Says New Jersey educator offers inclusive Spanish lessons. Students with disabilities at the Phoenix Center in Nutley, New Jersey, are learning about the Spanish language and culture thanks to the efforts of teacher Isabel Cosme, um, who ad adapts her lessons to be accessible to students of all abilities. Cosme includes food, music, and traditions, among other things. And her inclusive lessons. This, of course, sounds similar to one of our programs that we've had for years, you know, in the form of um, online courses called Holidays Around the World, where we discuss and share holidays from all over the planet and about their background, culture, foods, traditions, um, why a culture celebrates the specific holidays. And so forth. Um, you can learn more about those uh, on our learning annex at school.newheightseducation.org. And we're always adding on to those. Uh, Will, when, and Hatfield, Hatfield Times in the United Kingdom says the science study tips for students with dyslexia, Adam Alley an educator and pharmacist offers tips to help students with dyslexia study for upper level science exams, including how to take effective notes and how to identify key points in the content. content. Allie also uh, recommends seeking out YouTube videos to help gain a better understanding of certain topics. Another UK product that uh, you can participate in through the New Heights Educational Group is um, oh, it's it, it's also another UK company um, for those with dyslexia and other disabilities touch type read and spell um, and you can learn more about that on our annex as well if you you want affordable testing for any students that need it uh, Edutopia reports that, um, or asks the question, should students, should student deadlines be set in stone? 
Research shows that there can be some benefit to offering students flexibility if they miss a deadline. Despite concerns of this approach, it runs counter to the reality in some workspaces. In this article, educators and experts offer tips to help strike a balance, including grading completion and quality set and quality separately and allowing extensions in some cases. EdSurge reports that more states engage students in policy decisions. In 33 states, students are involved at some level in helping to shape education policy, according to analysis from the National Association of State Boards of Education. An increase from 25 years ago, Selena Para, um, Paratite, I'm not sure how to say your last name, um, a research and policy associate at NASBE says the coronavirus pandemic has helped motivate more districts to engage students. I apologize for the pauses. Thanks for bearing with me. Smart Brief on EdTech. Um, those are some stories from them. Let's see, Edutopia, which is under this um, brief, says that educator says adding captions to video benefits all. Video captions have benefited for all students, writes American Sign Language teacher Michelle Lehman's Rayford, both to support students who ha may have difficulties understanding the audio and to improve equity of the resource. Layman's Rayford recommends a few captioning programs to help all creators easily add captions to their content. To view this information and maybe implement it on your own, you'll want to go to edutopia.org, E-D-U-T-O-P-I-A.org, and um, you can use their search to find how video captions foster equity. And let me see. They give some resources like CapCut, um, C-A-P-C-U-T, and they do have a link to that. It's... Um, Supposed to be, for many students, described CapCut as the most user-friendly program. This all-in-one video editing software has simple instruction and uses auto-captions. I don't know if any of these cost. I haven't uh, researched these. Um, another one is Captioned with a K, K-A-P-T-I-O-N-E-D. And then Adobe Premiere Pro, I know that one is not free. Um, but they also offer um, similar 
And um, this is from Education Equity, and it says, Unfairly, schools and teachers are America's anti-poverty safety net. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Andrea Elliott on the way public education must fill in the gaps left by societal abandonment of poor children and families. This is written by Emily Kaplan. Um, and you can actually read the whole story on that edutopia.org and, and learn about it. There's a... Um, few books. There's one um, called The Atlantic, the New York Times book review. And I I have not read this, um, but this is one of the things they're referring to. And then uh, something called The Invisible Child, Poverty, Survival, and the Hope, and Hope in an American City. Again, I don't know anything about these books. But someone that knows a lot about this topic was John Taylor Gatto. And you can go to school.newheightseducation.org and look under our recommendation videos and audio to learn all about what he believed. And, um, and he tells you the history of the American education system. It's a lot of eye-opening moments, but once you hear it and learn about it, you're not going to be able to unsee this stuff. Um, also, Dayton Daily News here in Ohio reports that Ohio revisits computer science approach. Ohio is overhauling its computer science education path, guided by the newly approved model curriculum for computer science developed by the Ohio Board of Education. With 20,000 open computer science positions in the state, the standards focus on offering more advanced options and on marketable, marketable skills to help students enter into the workforce. And T3 reports that Google Maps debut new features. Users of Google Maps now have uh, more at their fingertips on the go. Updated features include live data from user reviews, info delivered via augmented reality, and a set of new 3D aerial views of hundreds of global landmarks. That sounds really neat. I, I'm really blown away by the Google Maps and um, some of the more advanced ones, but it sounds really neat for... Um, the aerial views, especially with with people that can't go on uh, field trips in person, that sounds like a really great idea. What's left of them that hasn't been torn down, anyways, right? So there is that issue, but it would be neat to kind of check that out and um, kind of explore. Uh, different landmarks, not only in America but around the world. I'll have to check that out. Hopefully you will, too. Okay, uh, Ohio Department of Education, uh, this is from State and Local Education News News Clips, says the Springfield News Sun reports that school report cards in Mechanicsburg is one of the highest ratings in, in gap closing for graduation. 
Zanesville Times recorder reports that school-based driver education programs to begin in 14 districts. The Ohio Department of Public Safety recently approved the Muskegon Ohio Valley Educational Service Center, known as Move SC, driving school, clearing the way for driver education programs across the region in 14 districts. And Youngstown CBS 27 reports that Youngstown City School receives a grant for a portable farm. The Youngstown City School District has received $10,000 in grant money for a portable farm. The grant will allow the district to purchase two forked farms, flex farms, to produce lettuce. The indoor flex farm system grows more than 394 pounds of produce annually. The 4,000 units take up less than 10 square feet of space and are portable. The Zanesville Times Recorder reports that athletic training class gives students on-field experience. Shortly after 10.30 a.m. on a Monday morning, Miranda Ketchum's class at West Muskegon looks like a doctor's office after a busy weekend. Students are sprawled across desks with taped ankles, others with long strips of tape on their legs, taking the sting out of shin splints. Most of the injuries are not real, although students with aches and pains do stop from time to time. And instead, students are learning the ins and outs of sports medicine, including hands-on experience, taping classmates, joints and limbs. The course is one way that the district tries to prepare students for life after high school. Whether they go to college or not, says West Muskegon High School Principal Laura Tompkins. The Columbus Dispatch reports that driver Miss Deb busts a rhyme for Worthington students on Bus Suite 16. Driving a school bus seven hours a day for the five Worthington school buildings is only part of Deb Hetke's wheelhouse. Give me a beat. Here we go now. Stomp, stomp, clap, says Hedke, best known as Miss Deb, as she gears up students in a rhythm so she can deliver her latest rap song. Hedke, 65, writes her hip-hop song, adjusting verses to fit the occasion. Whether she's driving band students home from a football game or from or for one of the three retirement parties where she where she has performed. And Cleveland ABC Five reports that Talmadge Elementary School implements flexible seating plan. Keeping students engaged is always a challenge for teachers, but new tools and a new school are giving kids a better balance in the classroom. As education evolves and the needs of students change. Educators at Talmadge Elementary School want to give kids a seat at the table when it comes to their own education. Part of that educational journey includes flexible seating arrangement. Things like wobble stools and bean bags replace more traditional seating. Students aren't always sitting at a desk and chair, but are constantly engaged in learning. Uh, New Heights Educational Group does support these kind of wobble stools and bean bags and other tools as well. 
um, and special types of seating and um, manipulatives and so forth that can help students in, in many different ways. So it's good to hear they're implementing some of that. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to be right back. Stay tuned for education and the news, the new height show on education. Right now, right now you, might you might be struggling through your classes, through your classes or classes. even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark. Um, and um, you're listening to Education in the News, where I share news stories from around the U.S. and uh, the world. So let's get right back into it. Lots more stories to share with you. The next bit of news that I have for you comes from ASD, ASCD on Smart Brief. And uh, let's see, Arizona Education News Service reports that district creates resources to celebrate diversity. A school district in Arizona has developed resources for teaching about and celebrating the diversity of our community. That's a direct quote. For teachers district-wide to use resources for Hispanic Heritage Month being celebrated this month are the most developed. But uh, there are plans to include resources to teach students about National Native American Heritage Month Black History Month, Asian American, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. The Heckinger Report reports that ungrading trend gains momentum in college. Removing eight athletic grades for college freshmen and sometimes upperclassmen is gaining momentum. The trend, known as ungrading, can help students make the transition from high school to college on, and focus on learning rather than grades, advocates say. And in um, Minnesota's Women's Press, they reported that Minnesota Pilots' first student-led school, the nonprofit Thrive Ed, is this fall is piloting Minnesota's first student-led school, the Collaborative Lab School, the school and alternative learning environment offered through a partnership with Hopkins Public Schools, engages high school students in every aspect, including curriculum, classroom design, and policies. Bear with me for a moment. Um, also coming up is International Archaeology Day. You may want to check out archaeologyday.org to learn more 
It's going to be held this year on October 15th, which is just a few days after this episode airs. So um, they're going to be organizing a free event on Clotilda, uh, bringing back our popular, t- um, or their popular tweetathons and the AIA Archaeology Hour. If you have students that are interested in archaeology, it's definitely something um, to save. And New Heights has a lot of information on these types of programs as well. So if it's something that you're interested in, um, you can let us know if, if you want more information on archaeological programs. The next uh, story I have for you is from fee.org, F-E-E. And um, they asked the question, did public schools really improve American literacy? This is by Daniel Lattier, L-A-T-T-I-E-R. And um, this is an older article that they're kind of repurposing. But it caught my eye. It says the popular assumption that is that most Americans were illiterate before the creation of public education system in the 1830s. But is it true? I'll tell you, it is not true. Um, that's my personal opinion. But back to the article, it says most Americans were. Um, okay, let's see. Let's see. If you're looking for statistics, there's notoriously hard to get when it comes to literacy rates in the past centuries. Most historians of early American history have gravitated toward signatures on documents such as wills and deeds as indicates, indicators of literacy. Those who cannot read simply used a mark. Signatures are by no means foolproof evidence of literacy, but it's the best we have. The following chart, um, well, they have a chart on this uh, page, and it shows that, let's see, the following chart from Kenneth Lockbridge's Literacy Colonial New England shows the estimated percentage of literacy from signatures New England wills between 1650 and 1795, that it went from 60, just above 60%, like 62%. Um, in the 1650 to 1670s to up to 80% uh, by the end of 1795. As you can see, um, about 80% of men, 50% of women were uh, literate in New England around the time of America's founding. Scholars have noted that percentages were probably lower in the South at the time. Um, on the same chart, it shows that women's around 1650 to 1670 was like 25, maybe 30%. Um, and then uh, they they rose 45% or 50% um, in, by 1795. Now, to read more about this and see this graph, just go to fee.org. And um, let's see if there's anything really... Important, I can share with you. Um, it says that thus the increase of American literacy cannot be solely chalked up to a 
creation of the public education system. Indeed, as statistics do today show, an education system is no guarantee of literacy. According to a recent study conducted by the U.S. Department of Education, 32 million of American adults are illiterate. 21% read below the fifth grade level, and 19% of high school graduates are functionally illiterate, which means they can't read well enough to main, or manage daily living and perform tasks requ required uh, by many jobs. I've seen this personally, and um, I think it's really shocking. I, I mean, I've kind of got used to seeing it now after all these years um, of being the founder and director of New Heights, but it's it's really shameful, and it proves that schooling and education are not the same thing, and that the public education systems are failing all of us in big, big ways. So um, this will be in an upcoming issue of our magazine, probably the November-December issue, um, which will come out on November 1st. So you can also find it there. And um, yeah, so just, just look for it on there or just go to fee.org to bring it up and, and read it for yourself. But I also... Like I said, I, I stress that you um, check out our site and listen to John Taylor Gatto. As I mentioned earlier, he was a walking encyclopedia on all of this stuff. So if you really want to dive into it, we suggest you uh, look into him. All right. Um... This is Sir Philanthropy News Digest, and it says the global mission launches $17 billion for SDG-focused funds. The Abu Dhabi-based nonprofit and its public and private sector partners aim to raise at least $1 billion for investments towards achieving each of the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals with an initial focus on improving access to medicine and addressing the global shortage of skilled workers in health-related fields. And the Boston University receives $100 million for medical school in recognition of the gift from Edward Avanscian. I, I know I'm butchering his name, I apologize. The school will be renamed the Boston University Aram B. Chobanum or Chobanan, Chobanan, and Edward Avedison. I'm so butchering that. I'm sorry. School of Medicine after the after uh, childhood friends. Wow, that was rough. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, I do have something to share with you if I can open it here. This was found on Facebook and is a recording, an audio recording. Let me see if I can open it. I'm working on it. I tried to open it 
actually on the computer and it didn't want to do it. So I'm trying another way. Bear with me. Oh, it might be gone. I'm not sure. I tried to save it, but oh, it didn't. Fortunately, it didn't work. So I can't play that audio recording for you. I tried opening it in two ways. It just does not work. Let's see here if I have another. No, I had more than one to play for you. Mm-hmm. Um, working on it here. Sorry, I get. I guess I can't open. Up so far. I'll try to find another one here, but um, this story, or these stories or announcements are from Philanthropy News Digest. It says the Toe Foundation T-O-W uh, Foundation awards $1.5 million through Innovation Fund. Based in six states, the 10 Innovation Grant recipients were selected for their promising creative approaches to addressing one or more of the following issues Um, areas affecting children and their families, mental health, early intervention efforts in school, public health approaches to reducing gun violence, and so forth. Bear with me as I bring up the next one, or try to bring up the next one. Okay, let's see. One of our partners, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Second and Seven, but they're having their annual campaign, and it and it started um, October the first. You can learn more about them at secondandseven.com, and also on our website under our reading program page, newheightseducation.org. Some really great stories that you can listen to that are read by. Um, uh, people that play sports and so forth. And they do um, talk about the literacy crisis in our country and they share that concern with us. So Stanford University published a study on oral reading fluency and discovered the students reading fluency in second and third grade was now approximately 30% behind what would be expected in a typical year. Remember, literacy is foundational in solving problems in healthcare and employment, crime rates, and poverty. So much so that if literacy skills increase by just one percent, the potential boost to the economy would be approximately two hundred and forty billion dollars. So now imagine if New Heights Educational Group, who is the owner of the New Heights Show on Education, receives the funds that uh, we have been trying to obtain. It would even be much higher than that because of the differences we're making. Um, So, and we do have a fundraiser running as well. 
um, that you may want to check out on our website. So please consider donating to us and supporting the Second and Seven Foundation as well. I think we're going to have to go on another quick commercial break. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store. Welcome back to Education in the News. I'm your host, Pamela Clark, and you're listening to the New Heights Show on Education. The next uh, story I have for you is from um, fee.org, and it says it's an article that was written by Carrie McDonald, and it was just released on September 30th, 2022, and this is Hybrid Homeschooling and the Benefits of a Decentralized Education System. Won't emerging school models and decentralized learning options lead to greater cultural polarization and discontent? Um, she says that uh, she presented at a conference last week hosted by the Harvard Kennedy School on emerging school models. She talked about the growth and diversification of the micro-schooling and hybrid homeschooling movement that is already that was already underway prior to 2020 and that has since accelerated. Now more families recognize the tremendous value of these hybrid homeschool programs and similar micro-school models. They're increasingly seeking them out. Why entrepreneur parents and educators meet this mounting demand by creating more and more offerings, and more of these offerings. The Rainbow Room in Las Vegas, Nevada is an example of one of these hybrid homeschool models founded three years ago by homeschooling mother of four, Emily Gregory. The Rainbow Room offers a full-day drop-off program for homeschooled children twice a week. The rest of the week, the children are at home with their families and participating in activities throughout their community. This is part of the burgeoning ecosystem of non-traditional learning models and schooling alternatives in the greater Las Vegas area, as well as across the U.S. Gagori and I talked more about the evolution of her hybrid homeschool offering and education entrepreneurship more generally in the latest episode of Liberated Ed Podcast. The growing popularity of the hybrid homeschool program, such as Gregory's, was the topic of the Harvard panel on which this woman that wrote the article spoke. After uh, her remarks and those of the panelists, we took questions from the audience One person expressed concern about the expansion of the micro-school and hybrid homeschool movement, saying that it could create an even more polarized, autonomized culture 
why arguing that public schooling brings people together. Oh boy. I was at, uh, or she, this person that wrote the article was first to respond and explain that public schooling is actually a major instigator of a current cultural polarization and discontent. By design, public schooling creates winners and losers as parents vie for political power and local school board meetings and throughout their communities. It's a battle of wills where one side will necessarily prevail and get their preferred educational vision accepted into the district while others are, are defeated. Neil McCluskey at the Cato Institute does a great job of highlighting these conflicts in public school battling map. Um, and she talks about his book, The Fractured Schoolhouse, and it goes even deeper, supposedly. I'm not familiar with this book, but um, sounds interesting. Um, she says a free market of education options, by contrast, is based on voluntary association and exchange. It is characterized by consent, not coercion. By allowing families greater choice over their children's education, the cultural temperature will go down. More diversity of learning options means that parents will be able to choose a learning environment for their children that is aligned with their educational needs and preferences. There will be no need to fight anymore for power because the power will lie with each individual consumer just as it does in all other areas of our lives. So you, we will have this article also in our magazine, probably the November, December issue. And um, so you can check it out there. Just go to fee.org and type in hybrid homeschooling, and it should bring it up fairly um, easily for you to view. And this is also from uh, fee, and it says, Vast Libraries in Our Pockets and Nobody's Reading by Daniel Lattier. Okay, so this is an older article, um, again, that they're kind of repurposing, but I thought it was an interesting topic. topic. Um, let's see. Schools today simply aren't teaching students about books and ideas that constituated the block of education for most of the West history. And... Um, I'll let you look this one up as well. Um, we're kind of getting short on time. But again, it will be in the next magazine. I personally um, don't really care for, you know, online reading of stories that much. I would rather be holding a book in my hand and turning those pages, I really um, enjoy that, and I've just always loved books in general, but I think we already stare at our phones long enough, but I know not everybody can do that, or some people prefer doing that online. I did want to mention, I'm a genealogist as well, and I have been for a very long time, probably about... 30 years now, and um, 
I had received notification that uh, from Geniet, it's um, G-E-N-E-A-N-E-T, that they're going to be offering free access to German records for a week. You may want to check that out um, if you're interested in any kind of German heritage um, or just records in general. Pretty cool. It's a pretty neat site. Um, okay, the next story I have from you comes from the Times News in Twin Falls, Idaho. It says, food truck rolls teach students work skills. In Idaho, students who have visual or hearing differences are learning job skills by working in the ravenous Raptor Grill food truck. Students learn skills such as cooking, budgeting, and customer service and says that transition coordinator Christy Buffington of the Idaho Educational Services for the Deaf and Blind who credits a grant from Ch Chabon or no, uh, it's that yogurt. It's that C-H-O-B-A-N-I um, for helping pay for the program. And the Tampa Bay Times in St. Petersburg, Florida, reports that Hurricane Ian causes 2.5 million students to miss school. About 2.5 million students across Florida have missed at least one day of school due to the hurricane, with 1.7 missing three days or more. Officials say they are concerned about lost instructional time and ask for patience as they prepare to reopen as soon as possible. Now, National Public Radio also covered that story. The 74 reports that educators share their best advice via Twitter. Teachers are turning to social media to offer advice, best practices, and professional support, including Missy McCartney, who teaches middle school English in the Texas district. In a tweet with the advice hashtag, McCartney shares a bad piece of advice to not smile until Christmas. She received and instead suggests that teachers can be kind, loving, and patient while also having high expectations of, for the behavior of students. Okay. The Heckinger Reports reports that 20-year study shows benefits of pre-K Students who attended pre-kindergarten programs were more likely to take advanced courses and graduate from high school on time. According to a two-decade study of students in Tulsa, Oklahoma, by researchers from Georgetown University, the study shifted over time, focusing on short-term gains in test scores and noting long-term social-emotional benefits. Check our time here. We're running out of it. Um, got a few more stories I might be able to share with you. 
The Washington Post reports that federal data shows extent of school staffing shortages. More than 50% of surveyed principals working in public schools say their schools are experiencing staffing shortages this year, particularly for special education and elementary school teachers, as well as mental health staff, custodians, and transportation workers. Data from the National Center for Educational Statistics shows Focusing the release of the data on Tuesday, the U.S. Department of Education announced $60 million in new grants to help address the shortage and invest in teacher training and development. The Associated Press reports that the EPA ups the investment in electric school buses. The Environmental Protection Agency is increasing its $500 million investment in electric school buses announced in May to $965 million, and $1 billion is expected to be available in the coming federal fiscal year. The investment comes as the agency has received applications this year totaling more than almost $4 billion in requests for school buses, most of which were electric. Massachusetts Live, Mass Live, Springfield, Massachusetts, reports that Massachusetts announces a $24 million for CTE at 14 high schools. The Massachusetts Governor, Charlie Baker, and Lieutenant Governor, Karen Polito announced $24 million in skills capital grants for 14 high schools during a tour Tuesday at Westfield Technical Academy, which is among the recipients. During the visit, Baker and Polito toured manufacturing and culinary classrooms. Pennsylvania Live or Penn Live in Meckensburg, Pennsylvania reports that Classic Bug Collection Project engages seventh graders. Chad Gallagher, uh, a science teacher at Pennsylvania's Camp Hill Middle School, has assigned a seventh grade bug collection project for the past quarter of a century while also offering a model based alternative. Gallagher says the vast majority of students opt for the collection, which typically turns into a family project. Education Week reports that fewer students participate in school sports. In the 2021 and 2022 school year, 7.6 million uh, high school students in the U.S., were on a school sports team. A 4% dip since 2018-2019 school year, according to a survey released this week by the National Federation of State High School Associations. Educators say students have experienced learning loss in sports over the past few years, with some particularly disadvantaged youth coming to tryouts coming to tryouts less skilled. Oops.
Um, WGP, no, no, WGBH TV AM FM Boston reports that free multimedia U.S. history resources are available online. A public broadcasting media platform in Boston has launched a collection of free digital resources to support teachers covering U.S. history in their classrooms. The U.S. collection, accessible through PBS Learning Media, is intended to supplement rather than replace lessons, says Sita Paya, Executive Director of Education at GBH, who adds that the content is youth-facing and promotes critical thinking without telling students what to think. You can learn more about this by going to current.org, C-U-R-R-E-N-T, and type in um, G-B-H and launches U.S. history collection, something like that. You can um, shorten it if you would like to find it. But, um, yeah, check that out. All right, I think that brings us to the end of today's news stories. I want to remind you that my show airs every Wednesday by 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, you can check out our wide variety of shows on radio.newheightseducation.org, which consists of many different educational topics. And if you're interested in volunteering with us, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. New Heights Education at Yahoo.com or 419-786-0247. We cannot answer all phone calls, so please leave a voice message and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. But please remember that we are an all-volunteer staff and to be patient with us as well. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.